Do you ever listen to songs on the radio? And uh, I don't listen to secular too much, but if if I have to listen to it, I just put, you know, godly words to it. That way it sanctifies it and makes it holy. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, I'm excited to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know, you have to say it with that, like, you know, mystique, you know, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So people know that you really, you know, are in the Spirit. But <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, apropos because the, the children are talking about the Holy Spirit in their class. In the Bible study, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So I thought it makes, more, it makes sense for us to talk about the Holy Spirit. So you can talk to your kids about it, ask them what they learned, and get feedback and talk to others. And that way we can all be on one accord. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear your word, to hear wonderful truths that will change our lives, make us victorious in all that we do. We thank you, Lord God, that we have you on the inside of us and that we can just rejoice in you all the days of our lives. And so for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, amen. So we're going to talk about, in the next uh, few weeks, three aspects, oh, let me move this down a little bit, three aspects of the Holy Spirit. Can we say them together? What are they? The person, passion, and power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. This week, we're just going to talk about him as a person. Now, we know that he is a person. Isn't that not right? Do we all know that? He's not just some kind of a force or an influence or a power only, but he actually is a person. He doesn't have a body like we do. But he has a mind, will, and emotions, all the characteristics of a person. And so Jesus said it this way in John 16 when he, or is it 14? Let's see the next slide. 14, when the disciples were lamenting over the fact that Jesus was going to leave them, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to help you and be with you for how long? Forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So we see here that God is talking, or Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit being a him. What does a him mean? It's a person, right? Now, what part of speech is him? Those of you that, you know, used to have to dissect your... It's a pronoun. Very good. But now, what kind of a pronoun is it? And now, if you don't know, I'm going to turn to <laughs> Brother Eric, <laughs> who was, is a retired principal from a high school. He should know this answer, right? <laughs> now, I don't want to put you on the spot. Anymore. I know you drove a long way. And you... <laughs> don't feel pressured. It is on tape. Uh, so, <laughs> so what kind of a pronoun is it? It is a objective, object pronoun. It's the objective pronoun. It takes the place of. It takes the place of what you're talking about. But it, it, in, in, uh, and I know it's been a long time since you've been in high school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a personal pronoun. Do you remember that? Now you got it. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> personal means it's talking about a person, right? 
And so it, the Holy Spirit here is referred to as a person. So we're going to go back and look uh, at this person of the Holy Spirit. But first, let me ask you a question. This is for everybody. How many of you, like when you're watching a movie with some friends or maybe your, you know, your family, and you, they have seen the movie already, and you're watching it, and it gets kind of sticky. You don't know if the person is going to get out of the situation or uh, whether, how it's going to end. Don't you le- lean over to somebody and say, how does it end? Do, do, how many of you are like that? You like that? Because not everybody, huh? Some people like just to go through it and just be on the edge of their seats and just kind of like, well, I'm going to weather through this. You know, I know some people like to, they like horror stories, why, horror movies. I don't know why. Why would you sit down and be scared? My whole life I'm scared, okay? <laughs> why would you pay to go and be scared? So, <laughs> so uh, but I like to know what the end is. And so sometimes you ask the person, uh, well, how does it end? And what I don't like is when people say to you, well, just watch and see. <laughs> don't you feel like going and strangle them? <laughs> what? Okay, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I mean, it's like, what are you, what are you holding out on me for? And so I, I like to know the end. Why go through the, all the intrigue? And, and to the fact that, you know, sometimes on game shows or reality shows like America's Got Talent or American Idol, I found out that you can, you know, they tape it earlier, so you can find out who won before the end of the show. Did you guys know that? No? So Marianne and I will be watching it, and uh, I'll just run upstairs and find out who won. <laughs> be surprised. Oh, wow. Come back down, and don't, I won't say anything, and she'll be going like, well, I think it's between so-and-so and so-and-so, but it couldn't be that person. I go, mm, you never know. <laughs> She goes, do you know? I go, well, I do know. She says, don't tell me, don't tell me. I, I, I want to just go through it. And then about a half hour later, she goes, is it so-and-so? <laughs> I go, yes, you got it right. So I, I like to know ahead of time what's happening. Now, guess what? We can do that with our own life. We can go to the end of our lives, find out how it's supposed to end, because that's what God does. God actually has a book written about your life, all the things that you're supposed to do. And, you know, you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you, teach you what you're supposed to do so that you're not surprised when you get to heaven. You know, you ever study, uh, you know, a, a lesson and you get to the test and you study the wrong chapter? Has that ever happened? That is the most sinking feeling. You know, you study chapter 9 and it's supposed to be chapter 10. You go, oh, no. Well, that's like, you know, getting into heaven, and the Lord said, well, did you do what I told you to do? He said, oh, I didn't. Oh, I was supposed to do that? It's kind of like with your kids. You tell them, can you, can you uh, clean up your room and, and do the dishes? And you come home, and you ask, and they say, no, but I, I mowed the lawn. <laughs> no, that's not, what I, that's not what I asked you to do. So we, <laughs> we have to do what the Lord has instructed us to do. Is that not right? Amen. Because we want to hear at the end as we come into heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that not true? We don't want to hear this, well, are you done? <laughs> you missed it completely. You didn't know. How was it that you didn't know? So most of our lives, we forget this, this, uh, this part 
about trying to follow the Lord. You know, on career day, you, you go and you look at all the different careers that you can, you know, enter into, but it shouldn't be what you want to do. It should be, what does the Lord want me to do so that you can be lined up and do the things that he's called you to do? So most people, you know, they get, they're born, they go to grade school, they go to high school, they have no clue what they want to do. They go to college. Some get involved in various events, sports or the band or the de- debate, debate team. or like the hi- I signed up for the hiking club. I don't even like to hike. But I said, you know, i got to sign up for something. So I signed up for the hiking club. I even took a picture, had to borrow some equipment so that I looked like I was, you know, part of the group. Never went on a hike, but I got my picture in the yearbook. So, you know, you just want to do those things. So, <laughs> so some people just goof off their whole life. Some people have friends, go to parties. Some get a college degree. Some start working right away. Then you work for 40 years, and then you retire. They either do some volunteer work. Or you just hang around, relax, go traveling, and then you die. And is that all there is? Or is there something that we should be doing for the Lord? Are we here for a purpose and a plan? Is there something that God wants us to do? And, and that's what we should do. So we should look at our lives. Let's see. Yeah. See, okay, let's go backwards. Okay, you're gone. <laughs> the end. Now, did I do what I was supposed to do? And so my job here is to get you to introspect in your life and try to think, what does God want me to do? And it's very easy. It's whatever God has put in your heart to do. Whatever you like doing, that's what he wants you to do. Now, you don't have to be a world changer, but you can change the world that you're in. Amen? You don't have to be a great orator, but you can speak the things of God where you're at. So God wants you to propel yourself, and then whatever happens, happens. Now, now check this out. God also looked at the end of your life before you were born. Let's look at this scripture here. In Psalms 139, verse 16, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. That's King James, and it's a little hard to understand, but the Bible says that while you were being formed in your mother's womb, he already had a book written about how, what you were supposed to do in life. Boy, if we could just find that book. You know, if we could find that book and we could read it and go like, uh, you know, like back to the future, you can find out what happened and then you can come back and bet on it. But we want to know that God knows. So guess what? We have to find out from God what he has planned for us. And so it's not always what we want to do. Let's look at this next scripture. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we shouldn't be just doing our own thing. We shouldn't be just like, well, whatever I feel like doing, that's what I'm going to do. Hopefully, I hit the mark. But the Bible says we miss the mark when we just do it our own way. We have to have the Lord's leading and guiding. Praise God. We're going to talk about how to hear from the Lord. Um, Marietta was saying, you know, I'd like to hear a message on how to hear from the Lord. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. So God is taking uh, note of are you following him? Are you doing the things that that we're supposed to do, because that's how we get rewarded, right? We don't get rewarded for doing things that we want to do. And uh, there is a reward. Let's look at this next scripture. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And so, you know, I talk around to people and find out what they're doing. And at Bible study, Sally was telling me how she helps people that need uh, restoration in their credit. 
you know, she, she, her and Richard manage uh, an apartment complex, and people come in, and their credit is messed up, and they got tattoos all over their face. <laughs> Can't do anything about the tattoos, but she, she can get them straight as far as restoring their credit. She feels like that's the, what the Lord wants her to do. That's where she's at. That's what she does. I went to get my hair cut the other day, and I was talking to this lady, and she said it's her birthday. I go, oh, what are you going to do for your birthday? She says, well, what I do on my birthday is I go down to my hometown in Mexico, and I pass out uh, backpacks and little thermostat, therm, uh, what, ther, thermos, thermo, what, thermoses, for the kids there, they're just all running around and they don't have a, you know, any means. And she says, that's what she does on her birthday. She's been doing it for three years. We want, oh, we want to go to the nice restaurant, you know, we want to be pampered, you know, we want to be, this is my, my birthday, okay? Like you had anything to do with it, you know, you just, all of a sudden, plop, you're there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we want to know, we want to have the Lord use us because, you know, I, I, with this recent uh, cancer situation, which, uh, by the way, I'm 100% cancer-free right now. Praise the Lord. But, you know, it's a little bit of a scare. You know, you got one foot here on earth and one foot, you know, headed towards heaven. You start doing a little uh, inventory, like, am I doing Am I doing the right thing? And then I look at the book. I go, Lord, let me look at that book. Am I supposed to? Is this it? At 68, am I out of here or what? And I said, no, that doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right, Lord. I think we got to work on this. And so you pray according to his will, according to the book that was written. And then you look at page, you know, whatever, 101, and it says, oh, yeah, he gets healed. Oh, praise the Lord. He keeps going on for another 20 or 30 years. So if you're not happy with where you're going or what you're doing, check in with God and ask the Holy Spirit to help you guide and direct you where you're supposed to be because you should be happy doing the Lord's will. Is that not right? And it's funny because I, I talk to college uh, kids, and they get out of college, and they say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, psh, 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 get a grip, okay? <laughs> Just follow your heart, follow the leading of the Lord, and He will direct you. How are you going to know your whole life? You can't. You know, you have to go step by step to find out the place where God wants you, and it's, it's interlocking, intertwining, and one position uh, prepares you for another position. And so as you do that, you find out, and you can look back and go, oh, I see, Lord, you had it all planned all along. Praise the Lord. So what it means is we have to know that only what we give or do for the Lord will last. So I have a little poem here. Okay. Yeah, I, have, I have a little poem here. It's hiding, you know. Okay. There it is. Oh, no, that's not the poem. The poem's up here on the board. You ready? Now, it's got a, uh, let's, let's look at it. This is an old-fashioned poem, and it's kind of like follow the bouncing ball. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way. Bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Next slide says, only one life, yes, only one, soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. 
And the last one, last stanza, says, Only one life still, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Isn't that nice? So you have to think about this. Okay, I only got one life. You know, I got to give it to the Lord so that when you see him at his judgment seat, he can say, well done. Come on in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you might ask, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is, uh, he has the plans and architects, uh, architectural plans from the Lord, from the Father, that he brings to us so that we can know the things that he has prepared for us. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible says, let's see here. Is it a scripture? Yeah, okay. John 16, 7 and Amplifies. It is good, expedient, and advantageous for you that I go away, Jesus says, because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you and be in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. Isn't that nice? Not just fellowship, close fellowship. And the Holy Spirit will get as close to you as you want him to. He can get right on the inside of you and guide and direct you every heartbeat that you have. I remember Catherine Coleman, when she was ministering in the Holy Spirit, she says, don't, don't uh, grieve my friend, the Holy Spirit. He's all that I have. In other words, she didn't go to school. She learned from the Holy Spirit how to minister and the things that, that he wanted her to say. And we have to be that same way. We have to be in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us, not be in the flesh. And so he says, uh, I'm going away. I can't be with you, but it's better that you have the Holy Spirit because I can only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit can meet each and every one of us wherever we are at. And he, what does he do? He comforts us. He counsels us. He helps us. He's an advocate. He takes up our cause. He intercedes. He prays for us. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. Amen? You know, I was talking to Sister Bindi the other day, and uh, she says that he strengthens her, right? What, 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 what were you telling me about how you sometimes have a hard time getting things done, and what happens? Um, sometimes I tend to procrastinate, and um, first of all, I had to reset my mind as to who the Holy Spirit was, because I never thought of him as a person, and now that I put a chair next to my desk and I let him sit there, I see him now as a person as opposed to a white dub or a flashing white light. And so he sits next to my desk, I talk with him, and I tell him to uh, get the spirit of procrast procrastination out of me, and he does. And we move forward this week. <laughs> it was wonderful. You got things done that you couldn't have done on your own, right? So at this point, probably people say, well, who do you pray to? You know, you got your Father, you got the Son, you got the Holy Spirit. Who do you pray to? The Bible says that we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, but we ask help for the Holy Spirit, right? Because He's the ever-present help. He's there with us. Father's in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and then we have the Holy Spirit. So just to illustrate this point, we're going to do a little exercise. So put your, your books to your side for a moment. We're going to do some stand-up and sit-downs. Okay? Now, we've done this before, so people know kind of what to do, but those of you that are new, this is a, just a little exercise to get you uh, 
understanding what the Holy Spirit does. So I'm going to tell a little story. And when I say, Father, I want you to stand up. And when I say, Son, I want you to sit down. And when I say, Holy Ghost, I want you to clap your hands, okay? All right? Remember? So let's, let's just practice. Everybody stand up. Father. And then we have the Son. And then we have the Holy Spirit. Very good. Okay, here's the story. You ready? <laughs> let's pay. I'm watching you now. Watch and see if you guys are, you know, following along. Okay. We have to thank our Father in heaven who loved us so much that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. So the Son <laughs> came down at the request of the Father, and I'm so glad he did. If he didn't, we wouldn't have all the things that we have now. But because of the Son, we have access to the Father. We can pray in his name. The Bible says the Father will grant us the things that we desire. Well, the son came and lived a perfect life. And he, then he went back to the father. But he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you my precious Holy Spirit. So praise God, we now have the father. The son and the Holy Spirit. So we are not alone in this world. We have help. We pray to the Father in His Son's name with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people know about the Father, but they don't know about the Holy Spirit. But I hope this little illustration helps you to understand that we have the precious Holy Spirit with us, even though the Son is in heaven. So we thank God for the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. That was your calisthenics for the day. We're having pizza today, so you probably need to work off a little of that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's get a little, you want to get a little deeper? Ooh, let's get a little deeper and find out about this Holy Spirit. You know, and you guys probably are aware of the Holy Spirit more than you think. You ever, have, you ever say, something told me not to do this, or something told me to do that, right? It wasn't a something, it was a someone, that was the Holy Spirit. You know, you can kind of sense and know the Holy Spirit when He's doing things, you can just sense it. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, if you're married, you can kind of sense what your spouse is thinking or what they're going to say or how they feel about something without talking to them. You know, when you've been married for 35 years, you don't really have to talk too much. My wife doesn't mind, but, uh, <laughs> but I can kind of tell how she's feeling. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. Even the apostles said when they went to Jerusalem and they had a council meeting uh, about some things to that concerned them, they said, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to do these certain rules. You know, people said, well, what do you mean it seemed good to the Holy Spirit? Did, did he write it down or what? No, the Holy Spirit speaks, and he talks, and he guides, and he directs. So some, some of you ladies might take that and say, well, you know, I went out and bought a new outfit, and I bought some new shoes and a, a purse, and tell your husband, it seemed good to the Holy Ghost 
and to me <laughs> to buy these things. And the husband, what can he say? Well, whatever, you know. No, but <laughs> we have to believe that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, let's look at some characteristics of him. He, he, can, uh, he, he directs, he commands, he guides, he teaches, he hears, he speaks, he warns. You ever get a warning from the Holy Spirit? I know my wife and I, when we were uh, young in ministry and at the church we were at, everybody had like these nice expensive cars. And so it was kind of like, you know, that's what you do. You buy expensive cars. And so uh, we were going to buy our a Mercedes, you know, just to be with the in crowd. And so we went to, the, my wife said, can we just, I, I would delay her for a long time. And then finally I said, she said, can we just go look at him? I didn't know that that doesn't mean just look. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've learned that. Just looking does not mean you're just going to look. It means let's look to buy. So we were at the dealer in this beautiful maroon uh, Mercedes with a nice leather interior. Oh, it was so gorgeous. And I said, um, so we, we took a little test drive. Oh, it was beautiful. And so the, the guy said, to us, well, you want to go in and look at the numbers? And I said, okay. And so we were, she was on one side of the car, I was on the other side of the car, and there was just like a check in our spirit, just like a, oh, you better not do this. You do it, you're going to wind up paying for it. And my wife and I, we, we looked at each other, eyeball to eyeball, and we said, we can't, the Holy Spirit told us not to buy this. You know, a lot of times people are dating other people, and the Holy Spirit tells you, mm, you shouldn't be dating this person. It's trouble where you're headed, right? Something told me not to hook up with that guy. Anyway, so he, 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 he warns, he compels. You ever been compelled to do something? I just feel like I need to give somebody some money. I, I just feel like I need to help somebody in, in what they're doing. Like uh, Marianne, the other day, she had a case at work where this guy, if he didn't comply with his green card, he was going to be shipped off to his home country. You know, he had one day to do it in, and so she felt compelled, I got to help this guy. And so she went through all the rigmarole of trying to go through all the paperwork and finally got it approved, and he was able to stay in the country. She was compelled to do it. She didn't have to do it. She could have just said, well, you know, they didn't uh, put the paperwork in, in, in time. But that's not mercy, is it? That's not the Holy Spirit, because this is a nice guy, and, you know, his bosses didn't know, uh, weren't doing the right thing. But the Lord had someone in HR named Marianne that helped him. So, and don't you want somebody to help you in your situations? Hook in with the Holy Spirit, and he will tell the people that are around you how to help you. I say it's dangerous to have a friend that, that knows the Holy Spirit because they make you do stuff that you don't want to do. They make you move. They make you fix stuff. They make you give you money. I mean, that's just the way it is. But you know what? You're rewarded for it. So that's what we do. So he, he compels, he leads, he advises, he comforts, and he strengthens. These are all things that a person would do. So what we have to do is we have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit so they can do those things through us and for us. Now, a lot of people don't use the Holy Spirit. They try to do it on their own. And guess what? It's very frustrating. It's a hard life, and it's like going uphill. But the Holy Spirit, when he does it, it's like, wow, so easy. So, you know, smooth. So here's the other thing. 
as far as we're going to talk about this next week. Here's some of the passions that he has. He can be grieved. He can be ignored. He can be lied to. He can be insulted. He can be blasphemed. He's a real person, and we need to have fellowship with him. The Bible says that Jesus told us to have close fellowship with him. As close as you can get to him is as close as he wants to be with you. Right? I mean, I use him for everything. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, when I play basketball, I said, Lord, help me beat this guy. <laughs> now, he's not for one person more than the other, but he'll help you do the best that you can with what you have, right? I mean, I'm not going to grow, you know, six feet. I'm not going to be able to dunk it, but he will show me things and ways that I can, you know, win. Praise the Lord. And so the people that I play with know this, especially the young kids that I play with. So the other day we were playing, and uh, a new guy was there. And so he wasn't watching me that close, and I made a three-point shot. And so his friend says, oh, he's a pastor, and he uses the Holy Spirit. So, you know, <laughs> you got to watch him. You never know what's going to happen with this guy. And when I used to work for <laughs> Neighborhood Christian Fellowship, and guys would come in that had um, court appointments. They had to do their community service. And when we ran out of things to do, I said, there's a basketball court out there. I'll tell you what I'll do. If you can beat me in basketball, for every point that you beat me in, I'll, you know, take an hour off your time. And for every point that I beat you in, I'm going to add an hour on. And they thought, oh, I can beat this guy. I go out there, and the Holy Spirit helps me beat these guys. So finally, one of the guys says, We'll play, but we just want to play you. We don't want to play you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit can be as big as you want him to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you want to know, okay, what is the will of the Father? I want to know the will of the Father. Here's the will of the Father. This is, this is good. You can write it down. Stay as close to the Lord as you can. Stay as close to the Holy Spirit. That's the will. Because you can't figure it out in your own mind, but you, the person that does know, he can show you and teach you and tell you what you're supposed to do. Praise God. Now, let's go back. You know, a lot of times, people give up on their lives. Let's go back to that theater scene where uh, people are, yeah. See, some people give up on their lives. They say, well, I'm too old. I made a mess on my life. It doesn't seem like I can do anything. But, you know, there's, God is a God of recovery and all the things that we didn't do, he can do for us. And so, have you ever been to a movie where it starts off kind of bad, and you go like, I don't want to watch this movie. This is a terrible movie. And then, after a while, you walk out like these people do, and then somebody comes and tells you, oh, that was a great movie. Oh, you should have stayed. Well, your life might be that way. Oh, it's maybe for the first 50 years, it was terrible. The first 30 years, oh, man, I want to give up. I want to walk out on the movie. No, just stay in there. God's going to turn it around for your good. Amen? Praise God. So let's look at uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I have, that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. The end of the story is supposed to be good. Praise the Lord. How's your story going? Are you happy if the thing's flowing along? Maybe you need to get in more close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says the way of, uh, the, way of the transgressor is hard, but the way of the righteous is easy. It's supposed to be easy. 
Praise the Lord. So if you're going uphill all the way, ask the Lord for some help. Praise the Lord. And so Psalms 25, 4 through 5, these are some scriptures that you can write down and think about. It says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day long. Amen? Are we waiting on the Lord or are we just anxious? Do we wake up and do our own thing or do we say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And so it's almost like the next slide shows, it's like Jesus is guiding you in the way that you're supposed to go. Do you feel the presence of the Lord when you're doing the things, you know, when you're at your job and at the market, or are you just natural man? And so in Psalms, the next scripture, Psalms 25, 14, here we go. This is the, you know, pattern that we're coming into land. Psalms 25, 14 says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Isn't that nice? How many of you like secrets? Let's see a picture of a secret here. Not, no, just not this kind of secret. This is gossip secret, right? No, we, we, we don't want those kinds. But we want the secrets that... <laughs> I'm glad you're having a good time today, Lord Shane. <laughs> just nice, juicy gossip. Praise the Lord. Have you heard? da 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 you know, when one person, how many of you can keep secrets? You can keep secrets? Yeah. I can keep secrets, but the people that I tell to keep the secrets, they don't seem to keep the secret. <laughs> you know, I just want to tell you this one thing, but I don't want you to tell anybody before you know it, it comes around to you that you're the one that spoke it. And boy, don't you feel bad, right? But, you know, but there are secrets that God wants to give us that can help us propel us in our life, give us an inside track, the job that you want, the promotion that you need, or the monies that you need, all those things, you know, like my wife and I and my son, when we have a situation that we, we face that we can't handle ourselves, we say, let's get together, let's pray. And sure enough, the next day, God comes and does a great work, and we go like, wow, that was pretty good. All we do is give it to the Lord. So it's a joy, and it's a peace, and it's, it's a it's something that we can do that keeps us settled. Praise the Lord. So Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call upon me and I will answer you. Isn't that nice? When we call, he said he'll answer and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. This means that there's some things that you don't know. I don't care how smart you are, how much education that you had, how much experience that you've been in the job. There's a lot of things that you just don't no. And so you have to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and talk to you and show you things about situations that you're facing. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. There's so many times that we get stuck in a, in a predicament, but God knows a way to get through and to make things happen, just like with uh, Wilson on his, on his job. You know, they, they, he only had one route, and you know, things weren't going that great. And so the, the person that was over the other 40 was messing up. And so they came to him and said, can you take over these 40 routes? Now, that's a big explosion of, you know, income. Great and mighty things which you do not know, right? The Holy Spirit was guiding and directing him and showing him. And so now he's 
busier than he was before, <laughs> but making more money. But look at this. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, Eye has not seen, that's your eye, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. He's already prepared them. The Bible says that he has prepared good works that we should walk in them. Just walk. Just walk. It's already been prepared. The book's already been written. We're going to show that at the end. Uh, and let's look at this, 1 Corinthians 2.10. I'm running through some scriptures here, but I'm going to end it up here with a, hopefully a, a good note for you. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says, But God has revealed them to us. Our eye hasn't seen, our ear hasn't heard. We don't know, but God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Now, this is a spiritual searching, something that we can't do in our own, but the Holy Spirit can know the will and the purposes of God, the Father, that's already been ordained for us. And then He comes and He shows them to us. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? What am I saying? I'm saying... Your own spirit knows things that probably nobody else knows, even your own spouse, your best friend. You have things on the inside of you that uh, only you know. And the Bible says God the Father has things on the inside of him that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us. We may sing songs and just give God praise and hear a good teaching and everything, but it's really God that will speak to you about your own particular situation. So my job here today is twofold. One, to let you know that the Holy Spirit is a person, he wants to spend time with you and have fellowship with you. And secondly, he's going to tell you things that you don't know, great and mighty things, so that you can succeed in life and you can be able to say, oh, I, I got it. I received, Lord, everything that you have for me. Now I'm ready to enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, think about this. You got the Holy Spirit. He's with you. He's in you. But if you don't talk to him, that's kind of rude, isn't it? I mean, if you invite somebody over to your house... And you tell them, well, here's the couch. I'll be with you in a minute. And you never come back. <laughs> what kind of host are you? But we have the Holy Spirit, and we don't talk to him. And he's like, well, I'm really, you know, I want to show you some things, but can we sit down and talk a little bit? And so he searches, and that word searches is, means to explore. Let's look at this, explore. Like a Sherlock Holmes, you know, he's exploring what's in the heart of God, the Father, then revealing it to us. Now, there's no way that we can get into the heart of God except the Holy Spirit who knows the heart of God. That's what he does. Praise God. Now, last scripture here. Let's look at Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to skip a couple. It says, you, you formed my inward parts. David speaking about him and us too. You weave me as a tapestry in my mother's womb. So he, he, in our mother's womb, he weaved us. It says that he put all of our sinews, our bones, our blood vessels. He, like a tapestry, weaved us together. So while we were in, you know, being formed, God is working on us, making us, giving us our personality, giving us our likes and our dislikes, creating our bodies, 
He says, I will praise you for I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. And if you look up that word made, it means made for a purpose. You're not just made just to sit on the shelf. You're not just spare parts. You're not just, you know, things that you, you we, we put up a tent the other day and we had some spare parts. And we go, well, I guess we don't need them. We don't know where they go, so, and it's up, so we're, we're good. <laughs> but God says we have no spare parts, that he wants to show us what we're supposed to do. Now, last picture and next to last slide is that uh, we're, we're kind of like suited up to do the Lord's will. We're, we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're, we're in, made in his image. He's got a, the, blue, the blue pl- blueprint and plans for us. It's almost like being suited up for a game, but you're not getting in the game. Is this you on the couch, or who is this on the couch? Uh, what, what you doing? I'm just passing time. You're supposed to be hitting. Oh, I know, but not, don't really feel like it. Don't really need, don't have the urge, right? And that's the way our lives can be. We can let 10, 15 years go by and miss all the calling, all the good deeds. I know when I first got saved, I was about 30 years old. And I know I, I was reading that there's, a, there's eternal rewards that we can accumulate when we get to heaven. And so I said, I told the Lord, wait a minute, don't come yet. I haven't done anything for you. Give, give, me some, give me some time. And so I started trying to find all the things that I could do for people so I could build up eternal rewards. And so now I'm 68, and, you know, I've, I've got that medical situation. I said, no, no, I, I got at least 20 more years to do some things. Don't, don't take me yet. I'm, I'm ready to keep doing some things for the Lord. And so now every time I do something, I go, see, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't be able to have done that. <laughs> I'm making my case, amen? <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Okay, last scripture. Is this helping you? Are you guys encouraged? Are you going to, like, seek the Lord a little more and find out, okay, what are you going to do with my life, Lord? You know, I, I've been here a long time. I don't know if I'm actually doing what you want me to do, but I want to get in tune and hook up for you, with you. So look at this. This is amazing. In Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Whose books are these? This is your book. This is your story. It's opened up, and they go, okay, Brother Richard, let's see how you did here. (laughs) Let's grade your life. (laughs) Show the movie. (laughs) And, you know, thank God that the, the bad parts are taken out, you know. He only, he only shows the good parts. And so we have a great movie and a story of all the great things that he's done. The books were open, and then another book was open, which is the book of life. So there's two types of books. One where your lamb, the, the Lamb's Book of Life, where we find out if we're saved or not, whether we can enter into the throne room of grace, throne room of God. And so and this, uh, this, is, this is almost scary. I don't know if you came here to be scared, but in the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the book. Oh, my God. This is scary, isn't it? I didn't know. I was supposed to be doing what? Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, come on in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I can't say, well done. I can say, well, you're done. (laughs) 
So we're judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. So my job is to put you on blast, put you on alert. Before you get to heaven, before you get to heaven, no one warned me, no one told me. He says, oh yeah, August 4th, Pastor Chuck did a message on how you're supposed to be introspect and find out what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. So we have it on record, we have it on file. Can we show that picture? There he is, <laughs> right? And so my job as a pastor, it's a fine line between pastoring and pestering, you know. You know, I get in your business. I get to talk to you and show you and say, hey, you know what? Are you doing the right thing? Well, don't judge me. Well, I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to help you before you finally get judged by the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let's close our eyes and let the Lord minister to us in our own personal way. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. And that as we've heard that you have a purpose and a plan for us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, we thank you that we can come to you and ask for your plans, ask for your uh, direction in our lives, and see what, God, you have for us. And we know it's good things, Father God, good and mighty things that you want to show us. So, Holy, we, Holy Spirit, we invite you to take hold of these people right now. Come in close fellowship with them so that they can know you in a more perfect way, that you can be a friend and a personal advocate, personal counselor, personal standby, personal comforter. Just let the Holy Spirit touch your heart right now.